Are you ready? It's that time! Hello, welcome to Man Buns and Jesus. I don't know what that that voice was or what that was. That was the that. calmest introduction we've ever had. So there's I'll do the that. next one. I'll do the next one in monster truck voice so that people have something to look forward to. <laughs> welcome to Man Buns and Jesus. I'm Pastor Ben uh, here at Good Shepherd in Lake Orion, Michigan. With me, as always, well, as yeah, as always, we haven't done yeah. that. There hasn't been one of us. Um, is Pastor Josh Laborious at Edgewater Lutheran Church, Eastvale, California, um, soaking up the sunshine? It's uh, actually cloudy today. <laughs> you picked the one day this year that it's been cloudy to say that. <laughs> the sunshine and the wildfire ash as it falls on his beloved city. Um, <laughs> No, none of the fires have been that close lately. That's good. So what are we talking about today, Josh? <laughs> what are we talking about today, Josh? Um, today we are what, are, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, kind of challenge and change, I think would be a, like a catchy way to brand it. But the, the core of what we're talking about is, um, is pastors challenging their congregations and, vice and, and maybe not just pastors, but any any kind of spiritual leader challenging their congregation or individuals in their congregation to change, and the different the different ways to go about that, the different responses for that, um, which isn't a great I, like it's not a great succinct description of what we're going to talk about. But hopefully, you know, bear with us because I think the topic is actually a really good one, even if the title maybe isn't there um i mean a way you could better describe this perhaps is that in first timothy we're called to rebuke correct train in righteousness uh so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work uh and there are a lot of instances in life where we do that poorly there are a lot of instances in life where we do that well we kind of want to talk about what those things look like so that we can prepare ourselves for when those things happen is that a better succinct title for this? Yeah, we should have let you introduce the episode, <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that's what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, there's the passage from Timothy that Ben cited that says, like, this is something we should do before we even get to whether like good and bad ways to do it. Like we should be doing this. There's there's that verse from Timothy. There's also um a reality that we're called to love one another and I and genuine love corrects right I, in a very kind of fundamental example if someone I love is walking in it like they're stumbling along the edge of a cliff a literal cliff it would not be loving for me to say yeah you're you're doing great you're walking great you should keep doing what you're no I should say hey stop stumbling along the edge of the cliff you're going to fall off and die right um 
if someone is is about to chow down on some milk because they think it's yogurt because it's that far gone um it would not be a loving thing for me to say man you really picked great great yogurt today you your your spoon use is perfect keep it up no i should say hey bruh that's not yogurt that's rotten milk and if you eat that you're gonna get you're gonna be very uncomfortable for the next couple of days mac um, and cheese has died of dysentery yikes <laughs> um oh mac and cheese that's maybe i'll make that for dinner that sounds real good uh so that's an Oregon Trail reference for anyone that didn't get it. I've never played that game. I I get the joke, but I've never played that game. Anyway, <laughs> so there there's a there's a biblical kind of mandate for this in principle, and that's kind of why we're talking about it because it's it's a very important function of the church that sometimes doesn't get done sometimes get gets done poorly and sometimes gets done well so um you want to you want to kick us off with what it looks like done poorly ben sure so uh a lot of us can probably think of of circumstances where uh someone has been confronted over something and it hasn't gone poorly and it, or hasn't gone well it has gone poorly um there are some some solid trademarks to that kind of a thing happening um first denial um just flat out they're confronted with a sin or confronted with a sinful habit and it gets denied um you know probably most picture uh the most pictured example for a lot of you right now is probably addiction uh people struggling with addiction often will deny their addiction um at least at first, because they don't want to acknowledge that they're sick. They don't want to acknowledge that they're struggling, that they don't want to acknowledge that they're in pain. Um, and some of them may not even know that they're in a, a state of addiction. And that's ultimately like when we are in unrepentant and constant sin, we're addicted to that sin. And so it's, it's pretty similar when we're bringing a lot of these rebukes to people. Um, yeah, the addiction metaphor is a great one for sin, I think, because it's something that's not good for us. It's something that really doesn't do anything good for us, but it's something that for whatever reason we we want to do, we like to do, and we can't stop. Yeah, and we continue to return to it um, like a, a dog to its own fecal matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> Um, anyway, so oftentimes you see denial, um, sometimes if it's not denial, you'll see anger, um, you'll see people blame the, the person who's coming with the rebuke. Well, if you hadn't done this, 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 or this, then I wouldn't have to do the things that I'm doing. Um, so they'll, they'll disperse the blame on, on other people. Um, you'll see aggression um you'll see um just any i mean you can picture in your own head anytime that you've brought a a challenge or a rebuke to someone you've seen what this looks like and 
if you've done it multiple times in your life, you've probably seen multiple different responses. Anything from like sinking back into oneself and not wanting and just kind of turtling for lack of a better phrase uh, to tears of pain to blistering rage um, and anywhere in between. Um, and it happens more frequently than we want to admit in church settings. Um, I think, and kind of to, to frame this, at least how I think about it, I think the place this is most frequently done poorly is in preaching mm. in in church settings and and here's why i say that i think a lot of a lot of what i would say are hallmarks of bad ways of approaching conf or, or approaching correction are very difficult to do in a one-on-one -on -one situation because that person is right in front of you and because you you kind of can't avoid seeing and, and, and kind of empathizing with how they are feeling, how they're reacting to your correction. But when you're preaching, there's like a distance there. There's almost mm -hmm. like a shield there where you can, you can make some of these mistakes as someone who's trying to inspire correction that I don't think you make in more personal situations. So yeah. when I think of like starting with the, the person doing the correcting, what are some hallmarks of, of doing that poorly? Um, first, taking a stance of aggression, right? If someone is, if you're convicting someone of a sin or of a bad habit, what, what however you want to, name it you don't have to be aggressive about it like you don't have to malign their character like don't don't attack them as a person you're talking about something that they do or or a habit or a personality trait or whatever but don't don't make it bigger and don't attack them in, in more ways than than what you're trying to get at. So there's the aggressive aggression. And I think a, another big bad way to do this is a you using using you instead of using we from a preaching standpoint. Because the second you start use saying you a lot like you do this, you do this, you don't do this. It puts you in a higher position. It puts you in, in almost a condescending way of speaking. It's saying you are less because you do this, 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 and this, which isn't, isn't what our theology says, right? Our theology says that we are all equally fallen. We are all in the same boat of deserving condemnation before God. We're all sinners here. So, when you say you instead of we, it, it it's putting a barrier between you, and it's gonna it's it's gonna make people more likely to go on the defensive instead of kind of being upset accepting of what you're trying to teach of of the correction you're trying to bring. Um, 
And then when I think about bad correctors, bad preachers in this regard, um, don't confuse God's law, God's reality with your personal preferences. Uh-huh. Right. Don't don't when when you're correcting someone, it should be because they are they are going against God's law, not your preferences uh-huh. for dang it there's an example but it's off limits so i'll share it with you afterward ben but uh so like if if i were to preach from the pulpit whatever that you know it's unacceptable to listen to certain kinds of music that's that's my personal preference, right? If I say a good Christian person shouldn't listen to country music, that's so. First of all, that's stupid. Um, but that's a personal preference. That's not that's not a legitimate spiritual correction that I should be making. Um, and that's lighthearted, but I think a big one is um, when people start doing cultural political stuff from the pulpit that isn't scriptural right and to be clear there there are cultural and political things that are in scripture that we have to address as pastors correct but right so by all means if you're a preacher if you're a preacher um and this is something that that i am fully willing to do as my congregation may have noticed at this point (laughs) You're going to talk about political stuff from the pulpit. If you're being faithful to the scripture, you're going to talk about political stuff. You're going to talk about cultural stuff because the reality is parts of it are there. Parts of it are warranting correction. But I don't think as many parts as some people want to talk yeah. about. So, And here's maybe another way of, of framing this. Um, something that is is worthy of rebuke and correction would be if like, you were listening to an avowed Satanist's music and it like uplifted that particular religion. I don't know if you want to call it that belief system, whatever it is. Um, And if you were doing that for your enjoyment, um, I think that's probably worth correction and training. If you're listening to it for research, that's another story. But if you're listening to it for entertainment, maybe don't. It is a religion, by the way, at least okay. according to Google. I It's like quasi-atheist, so it's it, hard to classify. Um, anyway, but on the flip side, if you go to your pastor and try to rebuke him for the song choices he's making, uh, that's not a, a moment worthy of rebuke unless the, the songs are not theologically sound. Um. In that case, that should be a suggestion, not a rebuke. Yes. That, that's kind of your, like, in my mind, that's the defining line. If it is something that you don't like, that perhaps the, the pastor or, um, or whoever is not taking the fullness of context into, into mind, offer a suggestion. If they are in sin, offer a rebuke. Yes, which for for a pastor includes right if they're teaching things that aren't faithful. 
Yes. Um, one note on that, since we brought it up, I feel that we should share this. For all, if you're listening to this and you're not a church worker, I, I need you to understand something. We receive a lot more negative feedback than positive feedback as a general rule. And for even if you notice something and feel the need to suggest something, just keep in mind that it is entirely likely that other people noticed it and also suggested it. So you might say, oh, I just I had this one little thing. But if your pastor has heard that 20 times already. Um, and kind of an innocent example from my congregation is I make our communion bread every week and I briefly experimented with a gluten free recipe that I will admit oh, wow. was terrible. <laughs> it tasted really bad and it was like chewing on rocks. There was nothing redeeming about this bread. Um, so one person told me, hey, the bread is really bad. Yeah, I noticed. Working on it. And then another person told me, hey, the bread is really bad. Yeah. And I, I probably heard in, in the span of two or three weeks, I probably heard 15 to 20 people tell me, that the bread was bad. Now, yes, the bread was bad and we have changed it and there was much rejoicing. But when you're thinking about corrections and suggestions to spiritual leaders, keep in mind that they might've already, like they might've already heard it a lot and they, and we do tend to receive more negative than positive. So just, mm -hmm. That's not to say don't share your suggestions, and that's definitely not to say don't bring corrections, but kind of keep that in mind when you bring them, right? Um, Maybe do something like leading. Has anyone talked to you about the bread yet? Yeah. That opens up the door for the pastor to say, yeah, we're working on it. And we, right. much, pre we much appreciate the opportunity to like acknowledge that we're working on something, which is, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway so we, we've gone over what it looks like to do this poorly josh what does it look like when a, a a congregation or a pastor receives rebuke correction training and righteousness and then responds to it in a faithful and godly way what does that look like josh um I caught him in the middle of something. <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm trying, I'm going to throw this out here before we move on. Okay. Um, we talked a lot about what it looks like to, to give correction badly. You can also receive it badly. And, and the summary of that is you, you don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of different ways that looks right. You can ignore it. You can get defensive and kind of go on. That, the that's what I was talking about at the very beginning too. So yeah, keep keep you can receive it poorly as well. So um, that's right. That was in the introduction of the whole thing. So what's oh, no, it look like? That was the whole like re receiving it like an addict thing. That's yep. I I need to be a better listener <laughs> <laughs> or a better rememberer, I guess. That's anyway, okay. uh, I need fish oil pills or something. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe I don't know. 
Get those omega threes. <laughs> What's that, Prevagen? That's from the jellyfish that have those ridiculous advertisements. Anyway, um, what does it look like to give and receive feedback or correction well? And I'm going to speak from a little bit of personal experience because just in the last month, I have I have preached some sermons that a lot of people in in our circles in Ben in my circles uh, would be very hesitant to preach. Um, in fact, I, I had a few people look at I did a sermon on divorce, which is a touchy subject for a lot of people. I had a few people look at that, like a few pastor friends. I had a few people look at that before I preached it to make sure. And a lot of them were like, this is a faithful sermon that I would not preach. Um, and in that, because in all those sermons that I've preached that have been pretty challenging, no one has come up to me aggressively as a response. No one has um, left the church as a response. Uh, like, I, I haven't received negative feedback. I've only received, thank you for the challenge, or thank you for, for addressing that topic. So from personal experience and kind of these responses that I've given, I think that there is critical importance with the attitude with which you approach laying down a challenge or giving correction and that is it has to be from a stance of humility and kindness and love and i i pick the i mean those are three great words we love those words they're great filler words good things humility kindness love yeah those are good things let's do that um the reason i use those specifically is when you approach it with humility and it's an attitude of like, I'm saying this because it's God's law. I'm not saying this because I think I'm any better than you. That right there deflates the situation a lot. Because it's not a, I am holier than thou. Let me throw this down on you. It isn't a looking down thing. It's a, hey, we're all sinners together. This is something I noticed. This is something I'm bringing to you. And I'm just trying to help. Right, it's it's it diffuses the situation a lot when you approach it with humility and with kindness. You know, you're you're not you're not there just to spoil their time, right? I'm not there. I'm not preaching this just so you can have less fun, just because I want to put a rule down, right? I'm preaching this because I care about you, and that's where the love comes in, right? If someone thinks you're just saying things to be mean there's not a lot of stake there but if if someone comes to me with a correction and i and i know they genuinely want what is best for me i'm going to take that more seriously and i think people in congregations also are in that kind of same headspace and and then the other thing is it's got to come from scripture if you're bringing a heavy correction uh in a christian congregation it's got to be scriptural yeah because it's not your authority as pastor, right? The things that I preach that are challenging, I'm not saying them because I say them. 
I'm saying them because God said them and I am then delivering them to you. Yeah. I'm delivering the, the content of scripture to you in, in hopefully an accessible way. That is the context of the passage that I've quoted a, a handful of times here, because that is directly preceded by all scripture is God breathed and is useful for rebuke, correction, training, and righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped by every good work. Um, right. I might be paraphrasing slightly, but um, Josh is exa exactly right. Like when you come at this as a one offering the rebuke or the correction, um, when we come at this as someone offering rebuke or correction, we need to do this acknowledging as much as possible that this is not a rebuke and a correction coming from us. This is us just restating the rebuke and correction that God has already given us on this topic. Will it sting? Sure. That's kind of what the law does from time to time. Reveals our sin, shows us uh, that we are, are broken and in need of God's grace. You feel that, that, angst or anxiety uh, that Luther loves to write about and that good German Lutheran theologians love to talk about. Um, hey, hey, I saw that eye roll. Um, Josh is pleading. I'm just, I'm just thinking back to a class where the word angst got way over you. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. But in this, in this case, like you're, you're going to feel that. Right, because what, it's, what it is saying is that you are not good enough. Yeah. That we are not good enough. Yeah, but in that, as the one offering the rebuke, we need to be willing to, to kind of acknowledge along the way, hey, look, this is a standard that I'm not even living up to because of, of my human sinfulness. And so I'm doing my best, and that's what I'm calling you into as well, right? Right. And... So this is something I, I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast aren't pastors. Um, I think one, I, I know one pastor who listens to this on a, on a weekly basis. So, hey, Sean. Um, What's up, bud? <laughs> but what I would say to the rest of you is, is maybe, maybe share this with your pastors and timestamp this. Because what I have discover and then feel free to also bring in your half of this but what i have experienced here is a lot of the things that we might be scared to preach about because we're afraid they're too challenging people are up for it and i think when you when you bring out sin and it is from a place of humility and kindness and it's from a scriptural place i my experience has been and my belief is that people are a lot more willing to hear that than you might think. And I when, think when they know you care about them, when you know when, when they know what's coming from the right place, I I want to encourage you, and this is why I say share this with your pastors. Um, and I know it's weird for a one-year guy to be encouraging, but whoever you are, well, one in a couple months. Well, two two one-year guys is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, like, I would encourage you, give you, give your people credit. They do want to be faithful Christians, and, and they're looking to you to tell them what that means. And 
And for, for those of you listening who aren't pastors, you know, I believe in you. Listen to your pastor, accept those challenges, because the, I mean, that's what it means to receive this well, right, is to listen and say, you're right, I'm not doing what I should do, or I'm doing things I shouldn't do. I, I don't know if I can fix it overnight, but I'm going to try and be better. I'm going to, I'm going to push myself to be better. Um, and there's a flip side of that. And if you want to acknowledge that, Ben, <laughs> bring us back down to earth. I mean, I was going to actually, I was going to draw on a couple of things. And I was just going to say to, to those pastors out there who are hesitant to really lean into the law and convict people of things that are really challenging, especially in the modern climate. Um, I, I would strongly encourage you to reflect on whether you do that because of the pastoral care that you're attempting to give them and like wanting to do it in a specific setting and context, or if you're just doing it because you know that those sermons are gonna be more work. Um, Cause they are, they absolutely are. Um, the, the most time consuming sermon that I have yet written in my slightly over a year of ministry, which plus three and a half years of writing them in seminary, um, was on the fact that as a society, we have made religion out of politics. And my, uh, we were, we were doing a series with another church here in the area and my, um, colleague in in the ministry uh confessed to me that he would have been terrified to to preach that sermon um and i don't blame him it took me a lot of thought a lot of prayer but it was i think it was the right sermon to preach um and in the end i think it went over really well uh, a lot of people heard it some were convicted some challenged me on it and I continue to push them on that, on that particular issue, but that's what we're called to do as pastors. And ultimately this is maybe me being young, bold and stupid, but I'd rather get fired. I'd rather get fired for being faithful than stick around for backing off and not proclaiming the full word of God. Right. I'm, I'm not here to make people feel good. <laughs> I'm here to bring people closer to God and to where he wants them to be. And I think the overwhelming majority of the time that that is going to make people feel good, right? We're forgiven. That's that's incredible news, right? God wants what's best for us. He's 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 an incredible good God. But sometimes that that means challenging people and I think if you're not doing that, you're not, you're neglecting part of the call. Um, so, but and the flip side is for, for most of our listeners who are not pastors, respect that that is your pastor's job, that sometimes it is your pastor's job to challenge you and make you uncomfortable. Um, and have an ear, like, listen to it with an open mind, an open heart. Um, and and like take those challenges to heart 
I cut you off. I didn't. Well, I guess no, I, I was, did. I was just going to say, I think the last piece of any good rebuke or correction was something that Josh was just doing right there. Um, and that is if this person responds to that correction or rebuke, you better darn well absolve them. You can do that as a parishioner. You can say, oh, and just remember, you're forgiven. We've seen this mistake and so has God, but you know what? That's why Jesus died for you. You're covered in that grace. Now go and live in it. Um, and if, if we're not including that in our correction, if we're not including that <laughs> the balm of the gospel is... Uh, some of our professors like to call it from time to time. There's another eye roll there. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're leaving something out, though. And that, like, again, we're not doing it to, we're not saying that so that we can feel like we're getting away with it. We're not saying that so that we can just kind of ignore the things that we've done wrong. But we're saying that because, frankly, we kind of need it. And by kind of, I mean, we definitely need it. It's kind, um, of, it's kind of the foundation of what we're doing here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so to leave that part out of any sort of thing like this, where we're offering, where we're offering the law, we better offer the gospel. Yeah. Josh, you got anything you want to add? Um, I don't At this think point, so. Just note that you'd be one-upping the gospel with whatever you add. So <laughs> far be it from me. Um, I think we're ready, ready for takeaways. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sin boldly here. I have oh two takeaways. Okay. Um the first is for any pastors who end up listening to this and my takeaway is just be give your congregation some credit be bold in challenging them from a scriptural place and uh so that's one takeaway and the, the takeaway for for people who aren't in that kind of position of, of spiritual leadership um recognize that you aren't perfect and rather than that being theoretical recognize that sometimes you're going to be challenged on your imperfections and and be open to those challenges those are my takeaways i think this one might be a little spicy but um remember i'm running what, out of sriracha i need something remember what is the higher authority um because if you're not offering correction or rebuke to somebody that you know is an open and unrepentant sin you're ultimately failing your brother or sister um and it's a lot more important that you do the work of god and offer them that rebuke than that you have a good relationship with them because you refuse to acknowledge their sin um for pastors here, if that means you get fired, uh, there's a lot of churches looking for good, faithful pastors. That's true. Um. <laughs> and if you're a and if you're a, a member of a church or 
uh, if this is something that happens in your family um, and somebody in your family ostracizes you, um, that's incredibly painful and I'm not gonna underplay that, but it's, it's worth finding ways to do that, that correction and training in love and in righteousness. because you'd rather see those people rejoicing with you in eternity than the alternative. Yeah. Um, so some prayers to put on your, put on your minds uh, today, whatever, whatever day, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, pray for faithful pastors, Pray that the Holy Spirit would work in your life to bring you closer to where God wants you to be. And uh, pray that the gospel is always there. I mean, the gospel is not going to go away, but pray that in in our presentation, the gospel is always there. And uh, yeah. With that, shameless plug time, I believe. Um, and I got a new one. So if if you're if you stop listening oh. for our shameless plugs, hold on a second. Let me give you the new one before you drop out. Um, something I I had been thinking about this this past couple of days. We've totally been spacing on the best shameless plug, and that is share these episodes if you like them. Uh, Give them to your friends, send them to your friends, especially, and this is actually probably a great episode to have this plug on. If we've done an episode that would challenge one of your friends or family members, we're happy to be the messengers for you. <laughs> send them a link to the episode that, that they need to hear um, and and pass that along, but also, we're like share us on your Facebook, your whatever social media you're on, uh, your Twitter, your Instagram, I guess. Um, just put it out there if you like what we're doing and uh, hopefully we can help more people or serve more people and however we're serving you. Um, so there's that if you if you really feel like we need to share a season one episode, like you want to share that with a friend. Um, feel free to message our Facebook page and say, like, I want to share this episode. Can you fix it? Because um, a lot of those episodes, the audio quality is real bad. And I'm happy to go back into the audio file to clean it up, to equalize the volume and to republish it. If you would like to share it, but you want to you want the audio to be fixed first, I'm happy to do that just message me with the episode number so i can go back and do that um other shameless plugs we were on the major podcasting platforms whatever you're on feel free to subscribe to us um that's a little bit of validation for what we're doing that people like care enough that we're going to give them a notification when we publish an episode and uh, we also do have a facebook page like it if you want don't really care it's mostly there. So if you have a topic suggestion or you want us to try and get a certain co-host or a guest host on, or you, you want to come on as a guest host, like any of those things uh, that you want to communicate or you have feedback, the Facebook page is great for that. Um, if you don't know us personally, if you know us personally, obviously feel free to text or, or talk to one of us We're we're happy to do that. Um, those are our shameless plugs for the day. 
I think that's it. I'm looking at my desk, and I, I mean, I have a Chick-fil-A coupon, but I don't think they're going to sponsor us, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, brothers and sisters, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.